back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host, and this is episode 105 of the podcast. And for those of you who found me on TikTok and now you are here, welcome. For those of you who have been listening to my podcast from the beginning but had no freaking idea I was on TikTok, well, I <laughs> I put it off for the longest time, but I actually enjoy the short form kind of education and stuff. So I am over at Steph Sims, LTM, standing for Legacy Through Motherhood, obviously. So if you like TikTok, head over there. Okay, let's jump in. And I want to say that we are going to talk about something today that has about, I don't know, like 1,400 million nuances to it. And I'm recording from a place of contemplation, of like thought, not from a concrete like, hey, I've done a ton of research on this and I'm going to like tell you what I think, okay? So if we could just kind of approach this like we're having a casual conversation on my couch and I'm just kind of brain dumping my thoughts. Let's do that because I am really wrestling with a lot of this right now and I'm not even 100% sure how to articulate it. So, you know, I don't know. Here it goes. So somebody posted a sarcastic meme about success or about, it's actually the seven secrets of highly effective people. And a lot of times people send me memes of things that have like finance stuff on it or whatever, just to get my opinion on it. And so I'm going to read you what this meme said, and I'm going to kind of break it down, and then we're going to just chat about it. So the meme said, the seven secrets of highly effective people, and then it had seven things listed. These were the seven things. Number one, private school. Number two, legacy IV admission. Number three, nepotism hire. Number four, seed capital from family. Number five, your family network. Number six, personal assistance. And number seven, a strong belief that they are self-made which is obviously a joke because one through six is all about other people helping you get to where you're at, right? And so with all of this, right? So the legacy Ivy admission is basically just meaning there's a higher likelihood of you getting into a school based on, you know, or a job based on your parents or something because they've already been there. Um, Nepotism hire is that connection piece of like, hey, you only got hired because you know so-and-so or like you're so-and-so's kid or whatever. Um, Seed capital from family is like the initial amount of money, you know, your family will give you to start a business. Um, So it's, it's all of this, like you've been helped a ton. This is why and how you are effective in life. So let's back up because when I first read that, I had some thoughts and I'm curious that when I read that just now to you, I want you to stop for a second and kind of check in with what your thoughts are. And I'm thinking that you probably fell into like one of three camps. Number one, you're like, yep, (laughs) that is so freaking true. Like I'd be successful too if I had all of that stuff. Two, you're like, eh, yeah, that's all definitely helpful. But I don't know, like if pet people necessarily need all of that. Or three, you're like, I don't freaking know what I think. (laughs) I don't freaking know. I'm just, you know, whatever. So whatever your initial thought was, you know, it's not wrong, but it's most likely reflective of where A, you are in life and B, where you came from and what you believe to be true about success and money. So from someone who has done a lot of freaking money work, myself, in a lot of success and mindset work, here was my thought process after seeing this meme for the first time. Number one, I was like kind of offended and not that's not the right word. I was kind of put off, I guess, by it because, and I was initially thinking like, that's not true. Like you, 
really don't need all that, which kind of led to my second thought, like, do people think you need all of those things (laughs) to be successful? I don't know. And then I went to like, I mean, I guess those things would be pretty helpful. And that is helpful for people for sure. Um, And the number four came from a place of like uh, gratitude or a a place of saying like, well, good for those families for being able to build opportunities for their children and those children benefiting from them. That's the goal, right? Like, is that not the goal for all of us that we are working hard and doing the things and whatever so that we can give our children opportunities that we never had? And then the last thought I had was kind of like this, wait, so do we only respect success that comes from adversity? Do we only respect success that comes from adversity? You know, as moms, like I just said, we all want our ceiling to be our kid's floor. We want them to have better opportunities than we had, but we will be respected for the difficult road that we traveled, which is kind of the situation I'm sitting in. But our kids will be mocked for their like silver spoon we worked so hard for them to have. So... I'm conflicted. (laughs) Like how confusing. So my life, my mom was a single mom of three kids. I remember working in the welfare office with her when I was little. I loved it. I don't think I obviously didn't really even realize where I was. She worked her ass off to break away from so many negative things, you know, and she got a degree. She became a nurse. She got remarried. And then when I was a teenager, uh, she really got it together financially and is just like killing it at life. At this point, like her story is the epitome of inspiration and kind of like pulling herself up from her bootstraps for her family, right? Then for me and my siblings, we had some adversity to work through because of our family. Like there was addiction and broken marriages, low income, there were step family dynamics, you know, that were a little weird, etc. But we had a guide in my mom and my stepdad. So they kind of showed us the way even though we still had a lot of work to do and it was not like the easiest childhood necessarily, we had, it was really weird. It was like a very weird dynamic. We had one side of the family that was like crushing it and killing it and like growth minded. Another side of the family that was opposite of that. So as kids, and so we had this really weird tension that we had to hold, you know, we loved both sides of our family and very much still do. One just looked a little different than the other, right? But as kids, you're like 50% each. And so I really uh, worked my whole life, counseling and just a lot of inner work to change the trajectory of my life and to kind of continue, like have the my mom pass the baton on to me and like continue with the growth and the work that she did. And now my kids, I have five, are growing up in this low conflict, two-parent home who are doing really well financially. You know, we're in great schools. We have awesome connections. So they have a ton of opportunities that my parents just didn't have to give us and I didn't have growing up. And side note, this is interesting. They've done studies where they have said the biggest privilege you can give your kids, more than money, more than experience, more than opportunity, the biggest privilege that you can give your kids is a two-parent low-conflict home. Isn't that interesting? And I'll go a little bit deeper into that in another episode and why I think that is the case. But let's let's like circle back around. So my kids, you know, are not going to private school or Ivy League, but they don't want for anything. 
Now, Justin and I make them work for things. And I mean, they've been playing off like an Xbox 360 from like the 90s. <laughs> Could we afford a better console? Sure. But they just don't get things. You know what I mean? Like we, I don't know. I mean, I can probably count between my five kids. I can count on one time, one hand, the amount of times I bought a toy for them when we go to Target just to like go grab something. Like they don't even ask anymore. I don't just buy them things. You know, it's, we're pretty like chill about that. But the point is they really don't want for anything. Okay. Point being, my kids are not in survival mode. They are not living their childhood in a constant stress response. They can focus on school. They can focus on sports. They can focus on their friendships and zero basic needs are ever in question for them. But here's where I'm struggling. So do they not deserve success? Like, will they not innately just know hard work? Even though we make them work, it's not like this do or die, you know? It's like you just have to work hard. It's not because like my back is against the wall and I have to do this to survive. It's just like, oh, this is something we do. We work hard in the Sims family. There's a, there's just, that's different. You know what I mean? If you've been on one end, you know that that's different. And, you know, there's another thing where kids who are in survival mode, you know, trying to focus on school, focus on relationships, parents who are in survival mode, trying to focus on parenting, trying to focus on, you know, all of these things. It's just freaking harder. It's harder when you're trying to survive rather than when you are just living your life with all your basic needs met. It's just freaking different. And I'm conflicted because I can look at my mom and see the like pulled myself up from my bootstrap story that everyone freaking loves. And then I see my story and I know how much work I've done to honor my mom's work and keep my family moving in the right direction. And, you know, I know that my story inspires people. And now I see the privilege my kids will have, and I'm freaking excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see the fruit of the hard work my mom did and then I ultimately continued to do. So it's making me feel some sort of way because we work so hard to give our kids all these opportunities, but the second we do, they're the ones that get shamed for not being the ones that earned it. There's a really good quote that says this. My grandpa walked 10 miles and my dad walked five. I'm driving a Cadillac. My son is in a Mercedes. My grandson will be in a Ferrari, but my great grandson will be walking again because tough times create strong men or women. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create tough times. And then the cycle repeats. And honestly, you guys, study shows this to be true because 70% I've done, I've done a training on this. 70% of financial, financial, familial wealth is typically gone within two generations and 90% of it is gone within three generations. And I'm going to break down why maybe in another episode, but for the sake of just like freaking staying on track, Stephanie Sims, let's circle back around. So I had a friend who was building a house and I remember her shyly saying, we are very close also, okay? Her shyly saying that her dad paid like, I don't know, $20,000 or something for her to put a down payment on in this house. And, you know, 15 years ago, I might have thought like, well, that must be nice. But now <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's amazing. Like, how cool is that? That her dad has built this life and is able to bless his kids like that. I mean, I would love to help my kids one day with a down payment, you know? And 
I don't even know what the answer is here. I'm not going to like stop growing personally, which means the opportunity that I have and my kids will have are just going to continue to freaking grow. However, I think what people think about success, whether it is quote unquote self-made or an easier path, like my kids will probably have, it doesn't matter because it just reflects on like where they are in this life. It's important though, and I've done a podcast episode on this, it is important, you guys, and I'm talking to you people who are in my shoes, that maybe their family has like come a long way or you've pulled yourself up in the bootstraps or whatever. It is really important that we do not give our status to our children. Let me say that again. It is really important that you do not give your status to your children. They do not get to inherit that. Are they going to get some benefits just by being your freaking, you know, offspring? Yes. They don't get to inherit everything that I've gotten, however. I don't mean material things. I did a podcast episode a couple back that says like, should you add your kid, your six-year-old as an authorized unit or user on your credit card so that when they turn 18, they've got an 800 credit score automatically. And now they can like buy real estate and you know, all these things. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. They do not get to just take our status. They have to work for it. So what does that look like? And this is where I've really started to like break down and think like, okay, if I work really hard and I'm in the position that I'm going to be in, how do I teach my kids genuine hard work and gratitude um, and without giving them all the things, right? Uh, but also still being in a position of being able to like bless them. Okay, moving on. So this is what that would look like. I can introduce them to, you know, XYZ person that I have a connection with. But listen, child, you're going to be the one impressing them. I'm not going to like exchange a favor like, Hey, I will do, you know, I'll teach your kid this if you accept my kid into the, your program. No, like I'll make the connection. And that's that's what you get from me, your mother, who has these connections. But listen, I'm going to tell them, hey, this is my kid. But like, be real <laughs> that, you know, hire them or don't. And it's up to him to impress you. And if he doesn't, please, please walk away. And, and I genuinely mean that. Right. Like I will teach you, child, how to invest in real estate but you're gonna have to save and buy that house. I'm not buying this house for you. Could I? Yes. Am I? Absolutely not. Okay. So that's where like the privilege and the the whatever is there. But like I'm not gonna do it for you. Like I will help you apply to this school. But you have to get the grades and build your resume enough in order to get in. You can have a car when you turn 16, but you're gonna be the one paying for it. So. You know, it's just this like you have to be really aware and intentional. And I think the issues start to happen when my status that I have built or your status that you have built or even your parents status. You guys, I have budget clients who are like, listen, I was never told no. <laughs> and that's an issue now as an adult that I was never told no as a child, because now I am in like a really bad financial situation because I say yes to everything and I think I just deserve it. And it's really interesting to work with these people, okay? So anyways, moving on. So the issue happens when my status or your status that you have built gets fully transferred to your kid without them having to work for it. 
And I think we can be blinded by kind of wanting to give our kids quote unquote everything. But in reality, we really need to make sure we have self-control and only allow our work or our status or whatever to introduce them to the opportunity and not get them the opportunity, okay? They have to earn it. I think that's where I've landed on all of this. You don't get to inherit my status. You don't get to inherit my legacy. You don't get to inherit my money, like right away. (laughs) But my status, my legacy, my stuff will get you into some unique doors. And that's where I stop. Even if I could leverage my position as your mother to open that door for you, I won't. And, you know, I've struggled with this because it's like, you know, my kids are 10 and under, you know, there, there isn't an opportunity right now that's like knocking, you know, oh, I know some, I know the freaking director at Yale and they, my kid wants to get in and they didn't like, I don't, I haven't been, you know, faced with that opportunity of like, Hey, your kid's not getting in, but you could make one phone call and make it in. First of all, I ain't that cool. I don't have that much influence to literally anything. Just saying, you know, I haven't been in that position, but I am hoping and praying that I understand the benefit of having my kids work for what they earn and that I am, they are getting privileged enough to have the opportunities that my life is going to be able to give them. But if I just give it to them, if you just give it to them, it's, it's just, it's not good for anyone. It's not good for freaking anyone. So if you are pulling yourself up from your bootstraps right now in life, you know, keep on, keep it on. If you are in the in-between, you know, continuing to work on what someone else has started, keep on keeping on, right? Like a breakthrough is coming. This is kind of like where I literally am in life right now. Or if you are benefiting from the strong generations before you, you have to understand that you are not self-made. And you have to be aware of that and you have to use what you have to help others. And a quick example really quick before we log off here. Justin and I were foster parents and I remember having a conversation with my mom when things were getting hard in the foster world. We had three little foster babies at the time and I had four kids of my own. So we had seven kids, six of which were under five years old and the two week old that we had uh, from foster care was withdrawing from drugs. So he cried 23 hours a day. And I'm not exactly sure how the conversation went with my mom, but it was basically my mom saying that she, she said, Stephanie, listen, I could have never done what you are doing right now for these kids because I was in such survival mode my whole young adult life. I could have never taken on another freaking child. But you and Justin... You guys are in a healthy marriage. You guys are financially stable, right? Like you're in good health. You're living a pretty like, you know, privileged life. And so you have the capacity, (laughs) you have the capacity to take on and love these babies and to support their primary families while their primary families are getting the help that they need. I didn't have that. So, you know, someone else who has a super medically fragile child doesn't have that ability. I mean, maybe you do. You get the point. Someone who is in an abusive relationship doesn't have the ability to step into that space. A single mom trying to pick herself up, you know, and like get back on her feet does not have the opportunity to step into this foster care world. Again, maybe you do. I'm just proving a point here. 
The point is, is that if you have the capacity, if you have a life that are you're kind of standing on the shoulders of really strong women and men before you, we got to step into these hard places. We can't just sit up here like, yeah, this is cool. My life is amazing. No, like we are given this privilege, this clear mind, this we're not in fight or flight all the time. So I can actually think, right? Like I can think and I can step into these hard spaces because I have the capacity to do so. And again, it would be easy to sit in the easy life and not take responsibility for problems that have nothing to do with you. But here's the truth. If you have been given the opportunity in life to not have to fight for your own life and your family's life, then you have been given the responsibility to fight for others' lives. And that may look like fostering, mentoring, giving financially, teaching, you know, I don't freaking know what. Like, we didn't do all of this past generations, my mother for me. Like, we didn't do all of this for you to be sipping my ties on the beach in Hawaii. I mean, it's all fine, okay? I want to go to Hawaii someday and I want to drink a Mai Tai on that beach. But open your freaking eyes and use your platform for good, right? Like be aware of the needs in your city, in your country, your world, and understand that you are standing on generations before you that put that worked their freaking off, okay, to put you in this position where your mission in life is on a basic level to do nothing but pull the rest of us up. I just imagined when I was like thinking through all of this, I was really just imagining uh, as I was watching Survivor, actually, with my family. We watch it every night. Um, you know, if, if you've watched Survivor, you know how they've to climb those like really big walls during an immunity challenge and you have like it's like a, a people ladder where there's like somebody standing on the bottom and then somebody climbs up them and like stands on their shoulders and the next person climbs up on them and like gets to the very top. And the ultimate goal is for someone to make it to the top of the wall. And then what? So that they can turn around and start helping the other people up because you don't get to the top of that 12 foot wall alone. You don't get to just sit up there and enjoy the few or else everyone's going to be like, what in the actual are you doing up there? That is when people get annoyed. That is when people are like, oh, yeah, must be nice. Okay, like turn around and help as many people as humanly possible. That is what needs to happen. That is the message that needs to be clearly taught to my children who I'm telling you will be at the top of that freaking wall. Now, they have their own issues. I don't care if you make $700 million and you have all the connections in the world or you're, you know, whatever. Everybody has their own issues. Internally, self-worth, you know, all, all the struggles. We all have that. So I'm not saying, you know, they're going to have a perfect life, but I'm saying that they're going to have opportunities. I have opportunities. Hell, my mother did a lot, right? But what needs to happen is that if you are someone who is sitting on the top of that wall, The message needs to be clearly taught to those who will probably be sitting on top of that wall like my children or to those of us who are on that wall now because of X, Y, or Z. Like, don't you dare sit up at that top and think about how awesome you are for getting up there. Your awesomeness is determined about how many people you can bring up there with you. And so is it helpful to have all of those things at the beginning to be successful? 
Yes, it is. And, you know, is it necessary to have all of that to become successful? No, it is not. But I don't love the idea or the stat that says, you know, 70% of the family's wealth is gone within two generations and 90% is gone within three. Not loving that. Um, And so I've been like this past year really researching on, okay, how do we fix that? (laughs) How do you become the 10% that is not, you know, it's not gone within three generations without being a freaking billionaire. And it's just impossible to build, you know, to spend that much money in three generations. Um, And so what I've come down to is this, right? Is that it's okay to allow your children to have great opportunities because of the work you and your family has done. It's not okay to get them opportunities. They need to work for it. Um, They don't get to inherit your stuff. And I'm not talking about like an inheritance when you die. I'm just saying like they don't just get it transferred to them. Um, And then also just this being taught of, hey, (laughs) you've got it pretty good and you don't even understand that because you've not had to like, you know, earn X, Y, and Z in the sense that your back was up against the wall. But... We're going to, we're going to help people. We're going to keep our eyes open. Um, you know, one of the big things I loved about foster care is my kids carried that weight. You know, they carried a lot of brokenness, a lot of hurt, a lot of trauma from that, you know, loving kids that come from, um, trauma, I guess is the word again, is hard, you know, have kids come in, in your life and be really close to them and then leave. You know, sometimes while you're at school and you never get to say goodbye, that's hard. Um, Being just aware of the brokenness in this world is important. And so though it's okay, there's nothing innately wrong with, you know, living in a nice neighborhood, going to a great school, like whatever. None none of that is innately wrong. We just can't, you know, close the gate (laughs) to the gated communities and act like all is well in the world or that the world that you live in is all there is. And so it's important to keep opening our eyes. And if we are at the top of the ladder, that we are reaching down to help anyone and everyone else up to the top of the ladder or the wall. If you know that you're close to the top and your children are going to be the ones sitting up there, you better be freaking teaching them how to turn around and help others up. And that is how I think we elongate um, the impact that our families can have generations. But who am I? Who knows, right? All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will be back next week with another episode. And I look forward to walking with you. Help you find your grit while completely covering.